0: Modern Dadhood Modern. Modern
1: podcast. <laughs> hey man, how you doing? What's going on, buddy? Seriously, how you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> this is not. This is not a. All right, oh, let's start it over. Let's this start is not a cry for help. Let's start it over in a sincere way uh hold on give me one second
0: define sincere all right i'll try it hey man what's up dude good evening how are you sir on this fine tuesday evening late in the evening i'm good i feel good ah well did you have a good day it's kind of still the week is kind of fresh how's the week hitting you it's fine it's fine for anybody outside of new england
1: we here in the Maine and new hampshire areas uh got just inundated with uh snow buried in snow much later than it usually comes but uh
0: later. there's a lot of snow out there it's been cold yeah we were wondering where the hell it was we're also getting another storm so brace yourselves actually by the time this comes out this the storm will have passed When what comes out? I hope you fared well. This episode. Oh my God, we're doing an episode right now. This episode (laughs) of Modern Dadhood, the podcast. (laughs) What do you think about that? Am I being sincere yet? I felt the authenticity. And what is Modern Dadhood? Well, as you well know, it's an ongoing conversation about the joys, the challenges, and the general insanity of being a dad in this moment. And you are. Just one of the two dinks that... uh... (laughs) That hosts this podcast. My name's Mark Checkett, and I'm a dad to twin, boy. Um, well, they're going to be six in really one month from now. What about you? My name's Adam Flaherty,
1: and I'm a dad as well. My two daughters are knocking on the door of 10 and seven. Having a kid that's 10 years old flips me out. And it's also it also
0: feels really weird because when we started this podcast, she mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. like six Okay, well, we're coming this is interesting. We're coming up on a point in which my kids are now finally the age that your kid, your my oldest, oldest kids when we yeah. started. Oh, that's a, that's a hmm, maybe we should do something fun for that. We'll think on that. Well, anyway, uh modern dadhood
1: uh you can find every episode of our podcast on Apple or Amazon or Spotify Pocket wherever casts. you listen. Over pods, uh, any under of pods. Mark, any of them. Yeah. But also at moderndadhood.com, where you can search by a, a guest name or a topic. Uh, all the episodes live there. Subscribe wherever you listen, please. And uh, if, if it's not too much to ask, just take a second to leave us a, a review. Four or five words. Anything helps. Uh, we got a good one today. Do we? I haven't prepared for it, so... He is an actor and a comedian. His name is George Basil, and he's going to join us shortly, and I'll, I'll rattle off some of the things that he's been in, and you'll, you'll go, hey, I've seen that guy. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to George joining us in a few minutes. I think it's going to be just chock full
0: of laughs. And I am excited for George's hair to join us. He does have a beautiful head of hair. There's no denying it. It's an absolute, just gorgeous, shock of luscious hair. So
1: we got that coming up in just a few minutes. He's literally going to be here in a few minutes. So. What else, man? What else
0: uh, What else is happening? Uh, what else is happening? You ever have one of those days where someone says, so what else is happening? And uh, you, you just can't think of. Anything that's been going on in your life? I mean, I guess it's kind of a lazy
1: question, right? Well, what else is going on? What's going on? Do you I, do the work of entertaining me
0: with a, <laughs> a story. <laughs> well, it it reminds me of like, we try to sit down, and eat dinner all together as a family every night. Yeah. And, you know, there's get, things get... There's, There's monotony, you know, you can, you can find yourself sort of not always fully present in moments like that. And it's easy to see your kids after a day at school and just be like, how was school? You know, which is the same kind of lazy question as opposed to really poking in there and asking specifics. Totally. I
1: will usually try to Mm. interrupt by by asking something like, uh, "What's something that really made you laugh at school today. Oh, yeah. Or like, what's something crazy that happened or, you know, is it the and I usually try to keep it positive, but, Mm. you know, ask them a question that forces them to think for a minute and hopefully and still it's usually like, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> but i like, at least I'm trying.
0: Yeah. We get, you know, one of the things we get a lot when we go the positive route, you know, with questions like that is usually we just get recess or at recess and then some story that kind of winds on yeah. forever and ever. Yeah. Once in a while I will, we'll ask, you know, um, can you tell us about a, a time today where maybe you had like a problem and you needed some help? Mm-hmm. That's know? great. And then we'll go into whether or not, they got the help or if they still need help, that kind of stuff. That's a great question. A great
1: sort of prompt to get them thinking. I mean, you said something about sitting down to dinner. My issue lately, sometimes Sarah and I look at each other when things get hectic, especially at dinner. And we, we, signal to each other like we're exiting our bodies like our soul is leaving our body you know just to escape for a few minutes because we sit down and like you guys we try to have dinner together Yeah, and our kids are just talking to each other and they get each other laughing and then they're up like dancing around oh god and it's like chaos and all we want is to have like a calm like conversation with them yeah and instead they are just overpowering it with silliness and on one hand it's like i'm glad they're having fun together happy but on and the other hand it's like time. take yeah. a breath like can this be a sacred place where we can just talk for a few minutes yeah
0: well and the irony there is that like you you sit down wanting that it goes a different direction and then you try to sort of course correct. And then maybe some days things kind of get a little bit further out of hand and you just end up getting a little frustrated in, in the course correcting, trying yeah. to get it back to something. And and then, and then it ends up the a- absolute opposite of where you had hoped it would go Yeah, from the beginning. You know, that happens to us, I think maybe far too, far too often. And it's like the end of the day and they're exhausted.
1: And so you say the wrong thing and it ends up causing tears and then there's no fixing that. Yeah. There's no going back, but that's just part of the insanity uh, of kids at almost any age, I guess. Okay, I don't mean to rush us along, but we do have George Basil now in the waiting room here, and I want to let him into the recording and get into it. But I want to tell our listeners, uh, dads and moms, if you haven't seen Crashing on HBO, Sarah and I just finished watching it for the second time. We watched it once uh, a few years ago. It is the story of uh, Pete Holmes, a comedian who I adore, and it's this semi-biographical, semi-fictionalized story of Pete, coming up in the comedy world in New York City awesome show, but George's character Leaf is technically an antagonist, but he's just such a likable and positive guy. Somebody that you're rooting for, even though you have every reason to dislike him because of what his character's done. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you haven't watched Crashing, watch it. But I fully expect that George brings that same you know positivity and likable spirit. I don't think it's just acting. I think that's a big part of who George George is, and so let's find out.
0: I think we do the polite thing and let him in. Enough yakking. What do you say?
1: George Basil is an actor and an improv comedian who lives in L.A. He's known for crashing on HBO, starring Pete Holmes, for Flaked on Netflix, for lots of stuff on College Humor. And if you've seen the Barbie movie, uh, you saw him comically chase Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, who were shoplifting from him. Uh, George is a dad to one daughter. And uh, man, I'm so excited to uh, chat about dad life with the incomparable George Basil. Thanks for being here, man.
2: Hell yeah. Hi. I love hearing my uh my short resume. That's <laughs> like it's like that is it. And one one line in Barbie will do the trick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I have to ask like what before we get into uh dad mm. stuff, like w- tell me about receiving that yeah. phone call and what sure entered your mind.
2: Yeah. I remember exactly where I was. It was like, I'm in my yard. So a lot of this, the, whether we're talking about the shutdown or the strike or whatever, a lot of the downtime in in this field has left me just on my property, building stuff wrong. A lot of the time (laughs) fixing stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but a ton of it is just, um, spent outside. And I love that. And I feel productive and it's, it's Mm. a lot of fun and it's creatively fulfilling a lot of the shit that doesn't get done by acting, uh, with the limited opportunities, but I'm out there, my manager calls and he's like, we got, uh, an offer, which I don't get many of those. Like I audition constantly. I have an Mm. audition that I have to do like tomorrow. You know, you're always lucky to have the shots at, at doing it. So, but to get to that phone call where they're just like, Hey, it's just going to come at you. If you want it, you just say yes or no. I'm like, hmm. okay. And then, uh, even more the, the call came from Allison Jones, who is like an incredible lady. Uh, I'm not just saying this cause she's at the top of her game and she's one of the best casting directors in the world, but, it is because like she just makes you feel cool man she Mm -hmm. makes you feel comfortable she's always done that from the first time that i went into her office and everyone's shaking Mm -hmm. regardless of how much preparation you've done or how talented you are you're scared shitless because it's Mm -hmm. the lady it's like her you know she she does so much stuff so yeah the offer came and you know she said that greta gerwig typically has some room for improv and this and that and I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, you could call and ask me to move a piano from a third-story walk-up, <laughs> and I'm going to come. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So it was cool that it came that way. It made me feel really special. And then the day that we shot it, we didn't improvise at all. It was just like, (laughs) you know, it's the one line, it's the line. And then there's just like, okay. And now, so the stars have to go and do this now. And it was like, you know, my day was over, but
0: um, I was told that Greta um, allows for improv actually.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to run this a couple more times. Yeah. (laughs) I keep calling cut in the middle of the scene. It's like, (laughs) no, you know what? Cut, cut, cut. Uh,
0: So, so with, I'm just going to stay on Barbie for a second. How old is your daughter? Like, was that, was she, where is she in an age range? Was like, is Barbie a thing that she knows about, was excited about,
2: was on her radar? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's 15 years old and. Okay. That's crazy. I don't know if either of you have teenagers, but. No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. And it's crazy. Um, Also, it's just like. To reach that point in your life where you're like, I am a dad of 18, woman. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's extreme. But wow. uh, as far as Barbie being on her radar, it was because the entire planet was ready and, and, and looking for it. It yeah. just didn't fall into, she never really played with dolls. She was always kind of freaked out by dolls. We hmm. would play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She was much more of an action figure kid. And uh, sure. so yeah, she didn't have the that you know deep love of Barbie, but yeah. we went and saw it together and it is really kind of uh, the best feeling even though I'm a I'm a cool dude now to you guys. <laughs> I'm a doofus <laughs> mm-hmm. to her, and she could give a shit. She doesn't. She doesn't care. That's it's funny. hard to make her laugh. I've made yeah. a room full of people laugh, and I look at her, and she's like waiting yeah. to go. And <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's it, it, even with that, it's still like I can I feel when we're sitting in there watching the movie, and my little part comes up, and mm-hmm. she's just there for me, and she's like proud of her dad. And oh that's, man, it's the best, man. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we
1: typically like to kind of start these things out by just asking how's life as a dad, how's fatherhood treating you these days with a 15 year old?
2: Huh? Good questions. Um, We just went on a trip to the East coast to be with my family for a good amount of time. She was there for two weeks. I stayed an additional week but traveling with her has always been something I do a lot, and I just love it. Mm. It's weird. I'm a single parent, and I, it's always been like that. And so there's a partnership involved between her and I and there, that's always been there. And uh, you really have to trust each other in ways that I think... Because well, we visited a lot of my friends in Maryland... Uh, and they've got tons of kids, right? Mm-hmm. So like one family's got three, one family's got four. And I would see that in a household where it's like the traditional family unit is there, right? You have the nuclear family going on. Kids can kind of, because they're always adapting and trying to figure out how to manipulate in new yeah. way, they really figure out new, new stuff. And sometimes it can get muddy. And I'm like, wait a second. My daughter would never talk to me like that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we can't talk to each other like that. We rely mm-hmm. on each other kind of too much to ever turn that far away. But I love that about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I don't care. <laughs> I love the
0: term partnership. I feel like I've not really, uh, you know, heard anybody kind of describe the relationship with their kids in that way before, but there's something really interesting about that that I like.
2: Yeah. I'm just always trying to figure it out. I haven't really done a lot of reading in regards to parenting or whether it's traditional or non-traditional techniques. I don't really know. I'm just feeling it out and I'm doing my best I can definitely tell you that sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones I remember the most. But uh-huh. The times that it does, it feels like the perfect pair. And it's, <laughs> it's really fun and really great. And, you know, I've had partners like adult partners <laughs> over mm. the years and they kind of come in and they fill the role of stepmother to some degree. And there are, it's great. The, the, I've watched Lula learn from these wonderful ladies and take really cool, interesting lessons and philosophies and stuff from, them. but mm. still when they're not around or when they're no longer, uh, you know, here it's, it is different. It's like, we, we have a different bond and it takes a a Hmm. second for it to, to like re configure and get back to it's like just us kind of thing. But yeah, I I love it, man. She's cool. It's awesome.
1: Do you find that like, you know, over the years when you have uh, had a partner and sort of like brought somebody else into that um, relationship that you've been, hesitant to do it or like you've wanted to wait a certain amount of time just for fear of like Lula getting attached to somebody that maybe
2: like it wasn't
1: going to last a long time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Typically the ones that never meet her aren't around for too long, um, yeah. you know, but then it's hard. Cause like I, I've, I was living with someone for a couple of years when she was say five I remember that woman, she was lovely, (laughs) but Lula doesn't remember anything. Like, she's Mm. just like, I was a kid. I think she got me something. I remember she bought me like a, like a pirate ship one time or something, but funny, you know, and you're like, it's a weird, weird thing to remember, but a very kid memory. Um, She's just a very open kid. And then the relationship between them is really fun. And I'm, I'm stoked to, to get to, I guess give her so many different looks at what a woman can be, or, you know, how, how you know, independent and um, psycho you can be as a lady. Yeah, there's a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, did I hear you say, right, that it's always been that you've been a single dad? Like, this goes back to the very beginning.
2: Correct. In the sense that uh, I, her mom and I were never married. By the time of her delivery, we weren't together anymore. We were living together at the time, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that kind of um, relationship anymore. So we decided yeah. we would co-parent and mm. just kind of worked it out from there. And it was up and down and, you know, you get to a good stable point and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. I could do this. and Yeah. Lula, it's interesting because I, I, my parents are still married. So I don't know the impact of a, a two household upbringing mm-hmm. myself. So that's another part of what that partnership comes down to is it's like, man, I know you're different. I know you're different. I know you've dealt with different stuff. And when you're alone and thinking about your life and stuff that it comes from a different place entirely like so i'm learning stuff too about you know weird teen brain yeah that's uh so i've got two daughters who are
1: uh, my older's uh, daughter is going to turn 10 in a couple weeks and my younger's uh, about to turn 7 and i know that the next three yeah. to five or 10 years, like so much is going to change in both of them. And Definitely. in some ways it, I'm really excited for them, but in some ways I'm terrified, you know, mm-hmm. for well for them and for myself and yeah. for our relationship. Talk to me about what, what has changed for you as Lula went from like 10 years old to 15 years old. Did your life completely flip upside down?
2: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) There's no way around it. Yes, it it did. (laughs) It sure did. I'm fucked, right? Sorry, (laughs) Adam. You are, you are. There's no way around it. And and she's the best. So it doesn't matter how great they are. It seems to be, there's a lapse in their, I don't know, like you've watched them develop every step of the way now. And so it becomes almost predictable and you're like, okay, well, but teen years are just bizarre for everybody for completely Mm. different and unique reasons. And for women, which none of us have had to deal with for that transition, it's like its own thing. And so I've been told a lot of the time, it's like, don't worry, it's going to be odd or it's going to be challenging or whatever. And then it comes back. And so, you know, I'm kind of um, relying on that to be good, mm-hmm. good advice. And hopefully 18 or 19, it comes back. It really yeah. is just, it, for me, it boiled down to like, I remember moments cause she wasn't always with me as you know, she's with her mom half of the time. So yeah. as a kid, she wasn't able to say, for example, M&Ms. It was one of those cute ass things where she'd say M&Ms and it was the <laughs> cutest strange. shit I've Ever heard, and I like, (laughs) I just would love it up. I I loved it, and then one day she says M and M's, and I realize that's gone. Something's gone. Yeah, you know, like that piece of her childhood is like she's past it. But man, what she doesn't even remember about it. I am never going to forget. And Mm. so we have that as parents. It's like we have that, not burden, but we have that sack Mm -hmm. stuff that... That's it's that I get, I mean, I guess, right. This,
0: my kids are only six. Uh, I have, I have twins. They're going to be turning six, uh, very soon. That's, that's an episode. Yeah. 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 Every day, actually, it's an episode. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I want, I, it makes me kind of think that because I know exactly what you mean, right? There are these little things that that mm-hmm. happen. You love them. They're gone, and yeah, and then it then it becomes part of like their story that you carry with you, but not necessarily them. Yeah. And I can only imagine that they're growing up. They're clearly getting older, and but you're still seeing so many glimpses of them, even though they're 15 now. Yeah. You're still looking at the like I see the five year old forever in there, and that's just that's something i'm starting to finally come to realize but like man when you're 15 to 18 or whatever you just have no idea you just no. really have no clue that that's what's going on in, in perhaps in your parents head no way.
2: yeah you don't you don't really value that kind of history you you never yeah. loved it as much as We did. I mean, you can sit around. You watch your baby, dude. When you when they're kids, baby, baby, babies, Mm -hmm. we just sit there and look at them for hours (laughs) and like make sure they don't fall or make sure this or that. It's such an incredible relationship, and like the, the changes that it goes through are also. Incredible the, the teen stuff is nothing. We have a book. Can't remember what the
1: name of the book is, but it's it, it's about exactly what we were talking about. All of the like the there will be a last time when your mm. kid wants to like hold your hand when they cross yeah. the street and there'll be a last time that they turn around and look at you while they're getting on the school bus and you know it's all these like last things and every time i haven't read it in a while but every time i do i get like overcome with emotion i'm crying are,
2: are, i'm about to cry just <laughs> new thing, this stuff. i
1: was like, gonna ask like are you an, a, an emotional guy when it comes to like uh, reflecting on yeah definitely man definitely yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, there's a
2: few books that get me every time. <laughs> I, can, I can barely watch anything with father-daughter relationship. And if mm-hmm. I'm watching it with her, with me, because that's one of the things we do a ton together is watch films. Oh, cool. I'm no good. It's just not, I'm I'm a puddle. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I've had a few moments like in the last. So my uh, my mom passed away, like coming up on three years ago now. But my girls were old enough that they knew her and had a relationship with her. But like there's a couple books now. I think we my wife and I bought these books for our daughters after my mom died to like help them cope. Yeah, help them cope, like give them some context. One is about like a memory box, like just a way to like keep them with you. And they're very sweet books, but like every time one of my kids wants to read one of those, I um, I just like <laughs> you know, melt into a puddle. And what mm-hmm. I found uh, interesting is when I am super vulnerable and become emotional how, especially like my older daughter, uh, will the roles almost reverse and she'll be like, you know, she'll be like, it's okay, daddy. It's Do you yeah, totally. want me to read for a minute? <laughs> yeah. It's just so sweet. That's I love really it. It's really sweet. Just, it's, it, yeah. It's incredible yeah. to see.
2: Dude, we're always walking around as parents. So much of our day is administering things yeah. for them to do for how to be for what to eat for whatever and it is us in this form of like I'm the adult cuz I'm your dad and I was yeah. born long ago and yeah. now I'm here and I have you know I have like money to pay for things you don't have anything I have to do it and that doesn't have any emotional integrity that's just like every adult's that mm-hmm. asshole you know and when we really crack open a little bit and our Our kids love us, but not the same way that we love them. I think my therapist said something a while back, but it is like every parent's responsibility to love their child, but it is not the child's responsibility at any point to return that love. It's like their job is to grow up Mm -hmm. and to become good or to do right or all that. And that's brutal, Yeah, <laughs> sucks. especially if, any, if you have any, like, if you've ever been starved for affection or love or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's any part of your trauma from being a kid, if that's unresolved, you can't get it from your kids. You're still kind of like, I'm empty <laughs> and yeah. I'm trying to, you know, give you love. And it's a lot, dude. It's crazy stuff. I'm glad that your daughter- reaches out and takes care of you because that's sweet. (laughs) It's just, it's
1: awesome to see them rise up and just instinctually, you know, take, yeah, take care of us the way that we've taken care of them. But yeah, I think they, I think our kids often reflect back to us, you know, what, what we give to them, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, it's not their job. It's not their
2: responsibility to do that. No, definitely not. But it does, it also, it, it should like, when my daughter does stuff like that, it makes me feel confident that I like I parented her right that mm-hmm. she has the ability to be caring and it's like cool yeah all right I've done something right and you're you're going to be good you're going to be okay you know so speaking about your career a little
1: bit you had lula when you what you must have been like late 20s 30
2: yeah yeah i think yeah
1: how do
0: you Why think
2: that, that- everything up <laughs> That's it.
0: That's the question. (laughs) That's the phrasing. I I had
1: my daughter around that same age, a a year or two younger, maybe, but I was going to stay relatively local. I, I traveled some, but not a ton. But for you, how did you sort of navigate being a single dad, raising a baby a toddler all the way up to now as a working actor? Like, loaded question, but like, how did you balance those things? Oh yeah.
2: Um, it's a, it's a really lucky timeline. I think I was living in New York. Um, I was doing and teaching improv at a place called the magnet theater. It wasn't the big theater in New York. It was a tertiary theater. And so you really had to do it all. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to be there every night. That's the only thing I wanted to do. And I wasn't getting paid anything. No one was. So it's like, well, I don't need money. I can coach for 20 bucks an hour or I can do whatever. And, you know, you have a bunch of roommates and you live in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's That was the setup for, I think, myself and a lot of people. And then it happens. <laughs> and I, I, um, I immediately started to look for like a job that would give me somehow benefits right mm. away so that mm. she could be born because I didn't know how that happens. Uh, so I was definitely on my heels for a second. A dear friend named Joey Debner, he's, he works at Apple. Hmm. Uh, still, to this day, I think, he's like a he's got to be a 20-year veteran or something. Wow. But he worked at an Apple store. He got me in, he got me hired, and he got me insured. And he basically just, I mean, it was like a... He threw a line into the water. And I was like, it was everything. I, yeah, dude. I mean, and to this day, it's like, it's it, I, there's so many uh, aspects to it that I'll never be able to thank him for entirely. But Lou was born at that point, and I have this job at the Apple store, I was only able to keep it for about a year and then they finally fired me. They figured out where I had been hiding. I would go like (laughs) downstairs. They found, they found me and (laughs) and they kicked me out and I totally get it. And they were right. Um, at that point Lula had to move with her mom back to where they're from in Dallas. Mm. And so it was like about a, a year of, you know, not knowing what to do in New York. Um, but a friend told me to start, doing like commercial auditions and there was a class in New York. I took the class and uh, it was a casting director named Stacy Gallo and she's an incredible woman. And she was doing commercials constantly. She took a, you know, she was lovely. We got along. Hmm. And then the agent that she invited to come and watch everybody at the end, this friend to this day, Phil Cassess, um, he was like, "I want to sign you if you want." And so he just started throwing me out on commercial auditions. I'd never done anything like that. I didn't go to theater school. I'd only done improv. I knew performing's always just been what I do. Like I yeah. did it in high school. I did it on the street. Like if I, it was like laughing was my, you know, <laughs> right hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I just started getting really lucky, man. I booked yeah. one, and it was like a regional network, like a little commercial that they shot upstate one day and, you know, it it was probably like 1500 bucks or something, but I immediately was like, Oh, I can, I can do this. This is, this is what I want to be doing. And then I just started going out on commercial auditions and I booked one and I booked another one and I booked another one. And then it was like, I, I booked one and it brought me out here. I'd never been to LA Flew out to LA. I was not ready. It's <laughs> like, like, what? This is my yeah. hotel. I walked in and they were like, hello, Mr. Basil. And I was like,
1: <laughs> dad here. Where's my dad?
2: Like just, you know, little boy wearing big shoes and yeah. then got on set and I was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. I think well, I don't, this audition was forever ago. I don't know what you want, but I'll try. And then we shot the whole series and then I think he brought me in again dude. And it was like for a national network spot and a bunch of them. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I was able to move my daughter and her mom who were in Dallas out to Los Angeles. Hmm. And I set them up so that they could stay for a little bit. And then, you know, it's just kept going. Like I would, I would go in and get really lucky on an audition or I just don't remember not getting (laughs) them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that period of time when, when she was in Dallas and you were in New York and then in LA, like, was that just so difficult? I mean, it must've been so hard to think about like how fast babies
2: change. Like it must've just tore your heart out. She had stayed for about a year. So she was like one ish, little after one, maybe one in a couple months, like 15 or 16 months old. And we couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I needed to rent rooms in my apartment to make rent. And I wasn't making enough at an Apple store and they'd fired me. So yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of SOL in that, in mm-hmm. that situation. And it's also difficult because like, you're not with this woman. And so right. they're not fulfilling that part of the, of the situation. And so when she decided they had to go, it was just like almost a full year and it definitely sucked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, that's why the first thing I did with what I was able to make was bring them out and get yeah. her close. Yeah. And there were some times where, you know, her mom was like, I don't like it here. I don't like LA. I'm going back to New York. I'm mm-hmm. going back to Dallas. And I was like, okay, well then I got to leave, I guess. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. What am I doing here? If, right. If, um, it's always kind of luckily worked out
0: well uh, i wanted to ask about six pack the short film oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. so that that you and your daughter were in now this yeah. I, this seems like maybe it was several years ago uh, yes. at this point several girlfriends ago we call it <laughs> okay we measure <laughs> measure life and girlfriends i get <laughs> yeah. that yeah. Uh, but like i just wonder i guess well i first wonder how did that happen? How did that come
2: to be? But also, yeah. like, what was that experience like? Uh, working best. working with your kid like that, the best. I'll send you guys a, another thing too um, that I wrote and directed with Lula in it, and um, yeah, I, and we shot it at my house. But I oh, never wow. released it. It's a short film, and like you know, it, it was just an out of pocket thing, and I wanted to do. And then I realized like directing an eight year old is <laughs> <like> wildly different <laughs> than being a dad. To no. <laughs> Um, but six pack was wonderful. Uh, it was actually a a partner of mine at the time that made that. Mm. And it was loving. It was wonderful. It was like, Lula felt good. She wanted to be a part of it. Um, it's so funny, you know, the the idea of that role reversal where a kid is holding up a full grown man. And then, there at the end, this might be on the, this is borderline child child abuse, but for <laughs> art. For art. It's for art. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, th- we had breakaway bottles, yeah. right? They're like yeah. really expensive sugar glass breakaway bottles. Yeah. But like, you just can't, you can't prepare yourself for the sensation of getting even a breakaway <laughs> glass steak on the back of your head. Yeah. You can't, it doesn't hurt, but the sensation, the pop, the everything yeah. of it is like startling and so poor little Lou you know she's there and I'm like okay sweetheart we're gonna do this once okay and it's just one time we're just gonna try it out and it's like ready and go and pop (laughs) and it was just instantaneous she's like (laughs) and looks back at me like like how could you do this to me Yeah. yeah I felt so bad and so then we just started cheating the shot and I don't think that was the only time that we ever did it um yeah and so but I love it I mean I love anything that I can do with her or alongside her that's like feeding that creative bone and and making sure that she knows that uh, a part of life is happiness through creativity and uh whatever that means you know like she's this weird LA kid dude I'm not a, am not from LA so she's 15 she's got like a piercing here yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm like wow my mom beat my ass <laughs> for yeah. stuff that's like nothing like uh, I couldn't even pierce my ear but it's really fun to watch kids and get kids into it without the uh, stage parent sort of aspect, you know, like I'm never going to push her to do stuff. She, I, she was, she actually signed on with my, uh, voiceover reps. Nice. And because I was like, she's got a cool little voice and yeah. Why not? Right. And, um, They liked her. They would send submissions. And then her and I started doing it. And it did have that fun sort of daddy, daughter, let's make a silly cartoon because why not? Yeah. But then as she got older, she was like, I'm not getting any of these. Hmm. I'm not booking these or whatever. And I'm like, oh. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I don't want you starting the insecure, yeah. like notion at all. And then like a couple years ago, she was finally just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not that interested in it. And if I ever want to come back to it, I'll let you know. And I was like, okay. And so we, we, you know, don't do that anymore. And it's, that's fine. I think it's a cool experience that she yeah. got to have. and Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, of course you don't want
1: Something like that to make your kid insecure feel like she doesn't have a good voice or that, you know, there's something that she can't achieve. But, you know, there's also a lesson in there, too. You know, it's a it's a an opportunity to fail safely. You know, she's doing it alongside you. And I'm sure that she has experienced you auditioning for many things and not getting roles. So, you know, that's that's part of the business. But
2: yeah definitely yeah. i the not not to say anything I, I've worked with a lot of kids on different stuff, and the parents that bring them to set and like watch over them and stuff are great. I've never had a bad experience with them, but when you think of that characterization of adult pushing child in any direction too hard or or too focused on on something it's like you know obviously we we want to stay pretty balanced and not. If she was earning, though, I'd... I'd <laughs> that wouldn't
1: earn, be a bad thing. Yeah. Would, would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah, you certainly do have to wonder, like, sometimes what's the motivation, you know? Or is your kid your uh, your cash cow or...
0: or your proxy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. you,
2: what you wanted to do or something, who knows,
0: but... I there's something so nice to hear you talk about like al th- with the improv like I'll do that any day all day it doesn't matter if I get paid for it it's a, but like there's just something so wonderful in a parental example of mm-hmm. like having a thing in your life that you love so much in such a pure way like I don't that yeah. not everybody has something Like that, you know, and I just, there's something so, I mean, you you really can't put a number on how, like how valuable that is in in terms of an example for a child to to have. I mean, even if she's not, and it sounds like she's going towards creativity in some way. And I I think that's such a good route to take to find the thing, you know, that, that, that makes you whatever that feeling is of. Yeah. Fulfilled and...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see a guitar behind you. So Mm. I associate that the same, where it's like when your kids see you grab that device, it's not this. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, the other bullshit that we have that just is kind of like wasting our time or, or taking our attention away from them. It's you sitting there and playing it because it's beautiful playing Mm -hmm. it because it's something you can share with your family. They can sit there and listen to it, even if they're not enjoying it yet. Yeah. It's not you sitting there and being like, like playing it real hard and then just being like, I'm going to be the best. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be Stevie Ray Vaughan and I'm going to like tear up some licks or whatever. I perform in bad ways too. I mean, I, I, (laughs) I feel like I talk in therapy about like, every time I go in to talk to my therapist, the first five minutes are blown by me just being like, "How you doing, pal? What's happening? <laughs> Ooh, you look good. You dress nice." Blah blah. And he pulls me back in every single time, and he's just <laughs> like, "You're paying me, <laughs> cut the yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get down to business." Yeah, yeah. he's just like, "What you're performing again? Yeah. And it's been years, and you still don't wow. necessarily have that." comfort or that, like, that ease of coming in, sitting down, taking your time and, and starting a discussion. And like, yeah, I probably overdo it a little bit sometimes too. Mm.
1: You mentioned a bit earlier, uh, you like traveling with Lula. I, I heard uh, in doing a little research for this, I think it was an old episode of Pete Holmes. Podcast yeah. talking about how your family having uh, a place in Greece. Yeah. Is she like a good travel? One of the things I'm looking forward to with my girls is them being old enough to like to travel and take in some other cultures and, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've done the Disney thing, but like, I want to take them to, I want to take them Portugal. to, uh, you know, yeah, yeah to Europe. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And I think it's very important to do that. And yeah, she's in, an incredible travel companion. We've been to Greece a bunch, but that's like soft landing. You mm-hmm. know what we're doing. She doesn't speak Greek. I, I do, but she knows I'm taking care of it. She knows we have a place, which she knows that we're good. Greece is, you know, common for her, mm-hmm. which is, that's pretty cool. But mm-hmm. other places that she's been, like, there's so much to learn. For example, we're going to go to to Mexico for her spring break, just her and I. And we're going to like a little fishing village. And it's like... I'm learning how to speak Spanish. I speak pretty well. She's in Spanish class. She's struggling or she's whatever. It's like going down there and implementing that as an immersive experiment, experience and then being like, watch this. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Watch this. I don't know what I'm saying or how to exactly say what I want. So watch me fail. And then you try or then you do it later down the way or whatever. Like... That kind of stuff, it's so good and it's so important and it keeps us so grounded. And I think when kids just kind of stay here and, you know, we're all just breathing the American air all the time, it's great. We're lucky, mm-hmm. we're incredibly fortunate, but there's like 700 year old buildings in France where you can like... Walk up and be like, Jesus, what the hell? It, it puts you places. It puts you weird, different places in your head. And and I think it also, like, she's not a whiner. She doesn't complain. Yeah. And that's huge to me for a kid because they get uncomfortable or they want their shit. They want, like, whatever it is, they want it. But for her, man, when we're on the road, she knows. It's like we're on the road. You're yeah. on your feet. You're waiting at a bus stop. You're walking down here. You're, Or if we're traveling in some sort of, if it's for work, I've taken her places for work. And I'm just like, watch this. Mm-hmm. We get in this car. I don't have to drive it. <laughs> this yeah. guy drives. Yeah. Or, you know, we'd sit in these big seats for work. Mm-hmm. And she's like, right on. Okay. I could Get used to that. And I'm like, do not, do not get used to that. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot afford you to get used to that. It's funny. Yeah. But there, it's fun. That's, it's definitely, definitely one of my favorite things. We had Japan planned because we wanted to go to the, to the Ghibli museum. I had it for someone that's not great at doing that kind of stuff. I had it all locked down and and reserved and booked and paid for and all of it. And that was like 2020. So oh I man. But I know.
1: Anything that's in production right now?
2: Anything that we can, that we can promote for you? I did a feature last, right before Christmas last year. Um, I think it's going to be called didn't die. And that's my friend Mira Manon directed that. Um, I just don't know when that's going to come out and it's, it's such a weird time for like the the landscape here where you you don't know what's canceled or what's coming back or what's going to go here or there. The strike was really kind of gnarly, but um, it feels like things are coming back. So hopefully I have a bunch of things to report to you guys soon and we can redo this episode and I'll be like, Oh, there we go. (laughs) I'm on righteous gemstones again. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So here we are at the uh, the, uh, post-interview portion of the show where we sometimes do one of our um, world-famous recurring segments. And this time, our guest has graciously accepted our offer to join us for an installment of Confessions. (laughs) I'm often surprised at how quickly I can bounce from experiencing pure joy to absolute rage to paralyzing anxiety and back again. Confessions. 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 The
1: most satisfying thing about the kids getting a Nintendo Switch for Christmas is not the excitement on their faces when they discovered it under the tree, it's the unparalleled joy of absolutely dominating them in a
2: Mario Kart Grand Prix.
0: Confessions. Confessions. Confessions.
2: I once told my daughter that a loud toy she had had to return home because it had run away from its parents. Confessions. Confessions.
0: Confessions. (laughs) On more than one occasion, when I'm in the midst of explaining to one of my kids exactly why a consequence is necessary, I suddenly realize I don't believe a word I'm saying. Confessions. Confessions. Confessions.
1: Watching my 10-year-old embrace skateboarding is inspiring. While I'd love to join her in this hobby prospect of shattering every bone and living out the rest of my days in a full body cast is a formidable deterrent
2: confession
0: confession
2: after adopting a duo of dogs that then i eventually had to give to an ex girlfriend i had to tell my daughter the dogs broke up and went to different homes. Thanks. Confession. Confession.
0: The absolute best part of my day is when I'm sitting by the window, looking out at my kids as they're getting off the bus in the afternoon. They're smiling. They're laughing. So animated and full of life. But they're still far enough away that I can't hear them yet. Confession.
1: Confession. Tomorrow morning, at 6.30am, when my girls wake up, I'll replay the same 15 seconds of the Barbie movie, over and over, cheerfully repeating to my kids that I'm now BFFs with the clothing shop owner.
2: Confession. 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 Well done. Well done. Thanks for humoring us there. Totally. I loved it. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. George Basil, thank you so much. It's been
1: a pleasure catching up with you and, uh, you know, best of luck with uh, everything uh,
2: career related and everything dadhood related too. Thanks, man. Thanks. I bet you guys are both dads. I can feel it. So I appreciate having me in. Thanks again. Bye, George. See ya.
0: A great uh, dude. Basil. Man, what a what a guy. He's just cool. No bones about it. But won't you close out the show for us, Mark? Well, you've reached the end of another episode of Modern Dadhood, the podcast. Wherever you listen to the show, be it Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, don't forget to leave us a quick rating or a review. Just quick. Just real quick. I also... I... Mark check it. Challenge you, listener, to tell a friend about the show. We would be forever in your debt. You can find Modern Dadhood on all the social medias,
1: mo- mm. most of the social most medias. Of the show.
0: We're not on Threads, man, for God's sakes.
1: We'll link to all the social medias that we're on in the episode notes, but you can also go to moderndadhood.com to see mm. all of our past episodes. To see a little video about the show, to sign up for the mailing list. It,
0: it, it's all there. We should do another video. That's an old video at this point now, right? Yeah, we're 96 episodes it. in. People to...
1: rave about that video.
0: Well, listen, we're not going to remove that video, okay? No no chance, okay? But I think another installment maybe. Something. I'll, do, I'll make a new video. Let's do it. Let's, it. let's get it together.
1: Also, on the website, you could, if you feel like it, purchase mm. a modern dad. Uh, Hoodie. (laughs) Yes,
0: thanks. the word. (laughs) Thanks. My brain just uh, stopped working. (laughs) You just, you just, like, I could actually see on your forehead the spinning, (laughs) you know, the spinning wheel. You could purchase a modern dadhood
1: t-shirt or dad hoodie. uh, Very comfortable, very stylish. Can't confirm. What else you got? Thanks to... Casper Baby Pants and Dispenser mm-hmm. Albee for the music in our podcast. Thanks to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for making a, our podcast sound great. That was great Thanks job. to George Basil for making time to join us. Uh, we'll we'll link to some of his
0: work in the show notes. Uh, hilarious yeah. actor. You can you can go down a Basil rabbit hole. Well, listen. Last but certainly not least, thank you for listening